How's it going? I'm usually not violent. I don't know why I punched the microphone, but I'm glad that it's on now. Hey, we're going to be in 1 John chapter 3, so if you have your Bibles, that'd be pretty cool if you'd open up there. Um, I'm Matt Smith. Some of you know me. Some of you, looks like maybe don't. Um, I live in Temple. I have three girls, so our house is, uh, we, you know, there's a lot of crying going on. Um, they're, they're, they're young girls, so even more crying. Um, and a lot of times, you know, they'll wake up and they're just already crying and they'll be like, Daddy, what's wrong? You know, and, okay, well, because I'm crying. Okay. You know, it was really funny in my mind. Um, no, actually, there, there's been a lot of crying lately and it's like, what's going on, girls? What, what are you crying about? They're like, we don't know. We're just crying. I'm like... I wish I could help you, but I don't know how to fix, I don't know, like, when it comes to crying, right? There's just this emotional explosion going on, and, and, and I'm a guy, I've got emotions, I know that, right? And there are times when I'm grumpy, and, and it's like, I don't really know, I'm just kind of grumpy. Any of you ever, like, wake up grumpy? This morning, I know, because it's a Sunday, and that's always like, you know, get in the car, we're going to church, put a smile on it, right? Like, we're going to have a good time. And you'll like it, right? Um, I mean, these were conversations in my house growing up and all that. I mean, surely we, we don't have that with our kids. But, and I guess you don't either. Um, anyway, I don't know if you've recognized this or not, especially like where you are in life. There are a lot of emotions that go on, and a lot of times you don't even really know what to do with those or kind of what's going on with all this. And, and I don't know about you, but it's easy sometimes to like walk in our life thinking that our emotions are the truest thing that's going on, and what we feel right now is the truest thing that could be. You ever felt that? You ever thought that? Your world thinks it. Your culture especially thinks it. Your culture says if it feels okay, then it must be okay. If it doesn't feel okay, then it's not okay for you, but it could be okay for somebody else who it feels okay for. <laughs> right? Did you, did you track that? If it doesn't feel okay for you, don't do it. But somebody else it might feel okay for, so then they're okay. Okay? <laughs> That's what your world says, what your, your culture, and, and where we are right now, this is what your culture says, is that if it feels okay, then it must be okay. Because our feelings are the truest thing about us, and you can't have wrong feelings, and all of that kind of stuff is what you have been taught, what you've been told, what our culture teaches us all the time. But the Word of God teaches us something different, and so that's what we're going to look at this morning because it's something very critical because here's what will happen if it hasn't already happened in your life is that there will be a time in your life when you say, I just don't know if I'm a real believer. I feel like I have messed up so much. Like it's amazing, uh, the, the song that you just sang, because I mean, if you really connect with what the words are in that song, it's saying you're not the choices you've made, and the reason why they sing that is because we often think we are the choices that we've made. It's not the feelings that you feel. The reason why we sing that is because sometimes we believe that we are the feelings that we feel. Right? Even if you're a dude. We all have these thoughts and these feelings that run through our minds all the time. And the thing that that Scripture teaches us is that there is a cure for all of those. And there is something deeper than what we feel and what we think. And so let's see what this is. All right, we're going to be in uh, 1 John chapter 3, starting in verse 19. 
John chapter 3, starting in verse 19. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in His presence whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than anything, greater than our hearts, and He knows everything. All right, so before we like keep walking through that, I just want to stop there for a minute because I don't know if you get this, but what they're really saying here is very powerful. What John is writing in all of this is incredible. This is how we know that we belong to the truth because there are sometimes when your feelings like I don't know, your thoughts I just don't know. I, God, how could you really accept me? How could I be yours and still mess up with this? I don't want you to raise your hand. But I want you to think about you probably have a sin that you continue to do, right? You probably have a sin that kind of you struggle with more than others, right? Most of you aren't killing people, but you know, like some of you might lie all the time, right? Some of you. I wasn't pointing any fingers. Okay. Um, or you might think, you know what? I didn't, I didn't do this study enough. I'm just going to, hey, what's the answer to this one? Just a little cheat. Like, it's not huge, but you kind of have this deal. Or maybe, I know, none of us, like, we don't ever talk too much. Um, but, but sometimes we maybe, like, talk about other people and we shouldn't. That's gossip, and, and maybe that's a habit for you. But there are some times when you just have these things that, you know, you're like, I'm kind of prone to this. I'm, I'm kind of geared towards this kind of thing. And, God, I love you, but I... I mean, you say this isn't yours, like of you, but I still do it, right? And so I just don't even know, am I even a believer? So sometimes our heart is condemning us. And, and the word actually in this for heart is your mind and your emotions. <laughs> the word that is used, in, like that John, when he was writing, he wrote, he, he wasn't like, uh, let's just do heart, right? Like the, the word that he uses here is your mind and your emotions. When your mind and your emotions are condemning you, well, then you have a problem, right? Now, we know these things. I know that most of you have been raised in the church, and I know that you know these things, but in Christ there is no condemnation, right? But yet we walk a lot in these condemning thoughts. Oh, I'm just worthless. Really? You're worthless? Jesus dying on the cross declared your worth, right? The problem is, is we mess up. And we say, we are the choices that we've made. I'm worthless. And so we walk under this condemnation. And the truth of Scripture is that there is no condemnation for those who have been believers, who have been saved, those who are, have been remade. You are no longer condemned, but we walk in this condemnation because our thoughts and our feelings are what control us because we think that's the realest, the truest thing. Man, again, especially in your age group, like, I mean, it doesn't change when you get older. You're like, all of a sudden, you're all mature and you don't have emotions and all that. But, but like, as you're trying to figure out, like, what life is and who you are, there's all of this stuff, inner struggle going on. And there are often times when you can just say, this is who I am. And it has nothing to do with what the Scripture says about you. I'm just a failure. I'm worthless. I'm just a troublemaker. Right now, we're just dealing with those things that condemn us. And so the scripture says you're not condemned in Christ. And so here's what happens. Here's what he says here. Here's how we go to God and have a place of rest in our hearts. In other words, a rest for our mind and our emotions. Does that sound good to anybody? Like having a rest for your mind and your emotions? I mean, like, really. Just being able to be like, okay, mind, we're going to rest. Because I'm tired of like running and running and all of these thoughts. I don't know. I mean, maybe some of you, like, you're in a relationship and you're like, boom, 
I'm going to think through everything for the next 18 years, and this is what will happen. Right? Okay. Maybe just me. Um, but our, our minds go like crazy, and, some, and you don't even have like control over it. Like, I didn't even know I was going to think that thought, but I thought it. I don't want to think that thought. Oh, I thought it. Right? I'm not, I'm no longer going to do this. I'm no longer going to think this. Oh, I just did it. I just thought it. Right? Like if I were to say Abraham Lincoln to you, don't think about him. How many of you are thinking about Abraham Lincoln? See? Couldn't help it. So what do you do when your mind's running? What do you do when you can't help all of this? Well, the beautiful thing is that you weren't created to help yourself. Beautiful thing in all of this, I, w- I want you just to hear this real quick, okay? You've been remade if you're a believer in Christ. So as these thoughts and these feelings come to condemn you, know that the God who is in control is not just up here in the heavenlies, but He is in the innermost part of your being. That's the truest. That's the realest. Deeper than your emotions and your thoughts. So when your heart condemns you, when your thoughts and your emotions condemn you, you have a place of rest in Christ because you know that He has not condemned you and you know that He is actively working in all of that to change your thoughts, to change your emotions so that you go from a place of wearing yourself out to the point of exhaustion to going to a place of rest. That's why Jesus says, come to me when you're weary and burdened and you'll find rest. And He says, not for your body, He says for your soul, for your heart, for your mind and your emotions. That's the rest Jesus offers, and so that's beautiful because here John says, you want rest? You want to know how we can go to God in rest? It's because we are not condemned, even when your thoughts and your feelings say that you are. Does that make sense? So we're going to come back to that in just a minute. Uh, But verse 21, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask because we obey His commands and do what pleases Him. And this is the command to believe in the name of Jesus and to love one another as He, condemned, as he commanded us. Those who obey His commands live in Him and He in them. And this is how we know that He lives in us. We know it by the Spirit He gave us. All right, so he says, dear friends, if you have this confidence going before God, <clears throat> it's a beautiful thing. Because this is what has taken place. It's a confidence not in our abilities or in the things we've done. Just like the things that we have done don't condemn us after we are in Christ, the things that we do that are great don't elevate us as we are, if, as we are in Christ. We are always just in Christ. Are you tracking with me on that? Do you, get what, do you get what we're saying in that? We're just walking through all these things that, that we struggle with that condemn us, but at the same time, these things that you do that you're like, you know what, I'm pretty good. God didn't make a mistake on this part because I can rock that. Right? Like, these things that, that we elevate ourselves in in our minds and our emotions, we say, you know what, I'm not as bad as they are. It's in those areas, too, where God says, you know what, the confidence to come to me isn't based on what you've done, but it is based on what I've done. And so we are always just in Christ. And, and I say just in Christ because I, I don't want to add anything else to that, but it's not just like, uh, hmm, we're, that's just it, right? It's everything. He is that full. He's that amazing. He is that, that, that life for us that there isn't a need for anything else. We're just in Christ. It's amazing. Now he does say, 
as we obey his commands, right? But then he even clarifies this a little more in verse 23. And this, and this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. His commandment that you must obey or else there is no other hope for you is to believe. Boom. Right? Believe. When it comes down to what is the greatest command, what is the stuff, what is it that I've got to do? Jesus is always, what the writers in the New Testament, it's always, you believe. Because this belief is an action, it's a motive, it's a, it's a moment by moment, every breath kind of belief. It is not just a, okay, I'm going to the front or I'm going to go to camp and be like, I believe in Jesus, that's it, and then I'm going to do whatever. It's this moment by moment, Jesus, you're, you're my life. You haven't just rescued me for heaven. You've rescued me from right now so that in this moment, I'm just in you. I don't need anything else. In other words, in this moment, you've made me full. So these emotions that have been so controlling over me, I've been released from. I'm now controlled by you. These thoughts that keep running through my mind, I, I now get to give them to you, and you give me a, a mind that's at rest, that's actually thinking thoughts that are righteous and good, that are full and that are, that are beneficial to me and to others. These, this is what you do in me. And so this is in every moment, in every breath, this is what you do. Jesus is always walking with us and and what our role in this is to believe. That's the commandment of God that you must obey. Everything else is not what we focus on because here's what happens. What do you know about Jesus? Anybody know something specific about Jesus in regards to the Old Testament law? Bueller? Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to what? Fulfill it. So he's fulfilled it. So that means the law is satisfied. So we're no longer looking to this unsatisfied law trying to satisfy it. We're looking to Christ who has satisfied the law. And as we do this, this is what belief is. We look at Christ who has satisfied the law. The one who has satisfied the law is satisfied in us, living it through us. So as we look to him, guess what happens? Righteousness. Therefore, the law you have to obey, the commandment you have to obey, Believe. And the reason why he focuses so much on this is because this belief isn't just a momentary action. It's just a one-time thing. It's in every moment. You, We walk in this. And, and Paul says this in Colossians. As you've begun in this life, so now live. As you've begun, so now live. How do we begin? Well, life began in Christ because he is the life. So how do we begin there? By faith. How do we live now? By faith. All right. Good. That makes sense? Do you see the, the liberty that comes? Do you see the, the incredible weight that gets lift, lifted off of us? Because it's no longer, I'm supposed to do all these things and I just can't do it. It's Jesus. You are this. You can do this. And so I fix my eyes on you and not on my failures. I fix my eyes on you and not on my successes. I just fix my eyes on you because in you I am not condemned. In you is the only place I've ever found rest for my mind and my emotions the only place I find rest, rest for my soul. It's just in you. Everywhere else, I wear myself out. Everywhere else, I just can't keep going. Everywhere else, I just start thinking, I'm either too great or I'm not good at all. I'm worthless. And what we see throughout Scripture is that you're not worthless. You have an incredible price to you. 
You have a very creative God who made you very specifically and uniquely. You have some this God who says, I love you this much and I'm going to make you, put you here at this time because this is what's best for you and I'm going to place you here right here so that my life can live in you and then my life can live through you and I can express my life in a very unique way through you. This God loves you very much. He's so big that he is in control of the universe, but he is also so personal and intimate that he knows everything about you and says he loves you. And he knows everything that you've done. He knows these things that are going on. In fact, we just read that, right? He knows everything. (laughs) And so you're not condemned because he's already known it, forgiven you, and removed your sins from you as far as the east is from the west. So this is all really good news, right? Do you see how maybe in every moment in your class when you get an F, in your class when you get maybe a 92 and you're like... a got to be a 98 or better. Right? There, I know there are some people like that. Um, or maybe in a relationship and you're, I mean, maybe it's healthy, maybe it's not, but in all of this, what we get to do is stop looking at those other things and what's going on. Because as we look at those other things, we end up exhausted. And what we're invited to in every breath and every moment is to look to Christ, who is our life, who is the one who has redeemed us and made us in right standing with God. And we say, you are the life. And so I've fixed my eyes on you. I trust you in this moment. I trust you. Here's, here's something I want you to kind of take through here. How many of you, well, you don't need to raise your hand. You know you've been tempted, right? Now, when we are tempted to do things that aren't right, and then we give in to those, we typically have a, this feeling of guilt. Right? Am I the only one? No? Okay, good. So you, what do you do with this guilt? Well, there's a big difference between guilt and conviction. And what we see here in this passage at the very end, it says, we know it, we know that he's in our lives, we know this by the spirit he gave us. Conviction always reminds us who he is and who he is in us, so who we've become. And we turn from our ways, and we turn to him in a place of trust and dependence. Guilt piles on so that we don't trust him, so that we don't turn back, And that's what the enemy loves to do. You're a believer. You've been united with Christ. You are one with him as a husband and wife. It's a beautiful picture. You've been remade. You have a new name. And your name is no longer what you were born with. Your name is what you have been reborn with, and that's his. So, what the enemy wants to say is, you can't be his and do that. You can't really be his. Do you think he would really love you after what you just did? Do you think he would really love you after you do this every day? I mean, come on. And what you begin to do is you doubt God and you stop trusting. And what that means is you stop walking by faith and you start trusting in yourself and what you're trying to do to make your life better. And you know what that looks like? 
it looks like Adam and Eve in chapter 3. Complete chaos. It looks like it looks like you've just run around four miles and you're trying to get a deep breath and you can't. You ever been there where you can't get that deep breath? And you're like, I just if I could just take one inhale, that'd be awesome. And so what what the enemy wants you to think is that that's how you have to live, that you can't trust him because he can't keep loving you. And so this is what guilt looks like. This is what giving into the temptation and walking in the guilt and condemnation, that's what we do when we let our emotions and our thoughts run wild on us. And, and so then we're invited right here to come to a place of rest before God. In other words, a place of confidence, of, of, of going and saying, God, I, I've done that. But that's not who I am. I'm not the choices that I made. I believe in you. And so what that means is that you've remade me so that on the innermost part of my being, I'm united with you. And what you're doing is you're working that out into my thoughts and my feelings so that what I begin to think and feel actually aligns with who I already am in you and who you are in me. And then guess what? Then you have a transformed life. You have a life that looks like Christ in this world because that's actually who's living through you. Because we're, we, we move from saying, it's up to me, I've got to do it, I've got to make myself look better before God because that's going to please Him. And we realize that what pleases Him is walking by faith because that's how we were created. You were created, that was the, the bottom line, you were created to walk by faith. What does that look like for us? What do we do in every moment? How does that, how does that work? Right? Because, like I do okay if, if I know kind of what's happening, but but every now and then like a curveball will be thrown in, I'll, and I'll be like, I don't know. I don't even know what to do with that. Right? You ever had like like this is what you're gonna do for the day, and then and then by like mid morning something's happening, like okay, we're not doing this the rest of the day, so we're gonna have to do something else. Some of you have like a personality where that would just wreck everything, right? Like you need to have it scheduled, and if there is a plan that changes, you need to be a part of the planning process. right? Just, because, not that you want to make the decision, but you just want to know. right? I want to know that this is what we're doing. How many of you like surprises? Okay, I'm not talking to you all on that one. right? How many of you don't like surprises? Okay, you guys are the ones, right? You're the ones who are like, I just, don't surprise me. Let A, B, C, all right? That's how we roll. Right? You throw A, B, D, look. There's a reason why C's there. All right? Like, it would be even better if you would just be like C-1. Right? Instead of just skipping it all together. Like, let's figure this out. Right? I just want to know. And then those of you who like surprise, you're like, whatever. Let's roll. Let's, let's have surprises. This will be fun. And then you find your friend that doesn't like surprises, and you're like, we'll throw us a surprise party. And you're like, why aren't they happy? Right? This is amazing. So here's what God does in all of this. He says, regardless of how you're wired, like your personality, regardless of, of all this, the, the way that you were created is consistent throughout all humankind. It's that you were created to walk by faith, to believe in the Son of God, who is Jesus Christ, that He's not only your Savior, Redeemer, but He's also your life. He is not only crucified on the cross, but risen from the grave. And so now he lives and you've been made partakers of the divine nature. You are more than conquerors in him. 
and you can do all things through Him. There is nothing that has bound you anywhere else. You are bound in Christ, and that's good. So you're not bound. If you are only bound in Christ, then you are not bound by your mind and your emotions. Right? Now, the reason why he's writing this book is because people had come to these believers here and said, you're not really believers. And they started believing that. <laughs> they started thinking, well, they got a point there. You know, we, we keep messing up. And, I, and I'm assuming you guys have been walking through 1 John, right? And so last time you were looking at, like, you're supposed to, like, if you have stuff, you're supposed to give it to people in need. It's interesting that right after that, he comes up with this. Could it be that they struggle with the same thing we struggle with? Like, wait a second, I've got stuff. There are people in need all around me. What? I can't do that. He, what, what he's saying in all this, you put this all together, because here's one of the things. As you see that Jesus is life, that he's everything, then what you see when you go to the scriptures is that everything fits. And so this isn't like, hey, last Sunday you talk about this, this Sunday we'll do this, and, and it doesn't fit. All this works together. The reason why it says this is what you're supposed to do if you're a believer. This is what Christ in you does. He gives. Now, as you walk in this life, there are going to be times when you don't. And your thoughts and your emotions are going to say, wait a second, I thought I was a believer. Right? I thought I was supposed to do this, but I'm not. I, I don't know what to do about this. Well, we still have confidence before God because he's remade us. And we can say, Jesus, will you, by your spirit, will you reveal to me what this is that's going on here? And, and here's what happens. He, he convicts you. Conviction is not condemnation. Conviction is you chose a wrong choice here. But with conviction that the Holy Spirit does, it is you chose a wrong choice, but you were completely accepted and acceptable right now. Because that choice is not who you are. Who you are is who I say you are, and who I say you are is mine. You see why that's not condemnation? <laughs> you see why that doesn't bring guilt? The guilt and the shame has been dealt with already on the cross. The penalty of sin was death, and Christ died. Now the result of new life is new life. It is Christ in us, His life living in us. And so we are now free from condemnation, and we're no longer stuck in our mind and our emotions and letting them control us, we say, regardless of what we think or feel, we fix our eyes on you and trust that as we fix our eyes on you, you change what we think and feel. And guess what? When he changes what you think and feel, he also changes what you do. This is like deep theology for you guys. <laughs> but it's what Christ has said to us. It is how he has made us to live. It's actually what he does for us. We say we trust you. And so this is how we live, by faith. So as you walk through this and you begin to struggle with your thoughts and your emotions, will you see that the Holy Spirit who is alive and active, who is a part of the triune God, is living in us who are believers and saying, you have made a wrong choice, but in conviction I show you that so that you turn from it and turn to me where your life is already and you see that you're fully accepted and enjoy the embrace that I have for you. Instead of walling around in guilt and condemnation. So as we turn to this embrace, we have this confidence before God. God, 
I've messed up, but I know who I am in you and who you are in me, and, and that's remade, that's yours. And God doesn't divorce us. There is no such thing as that with him. We've been married to him, and we enjoy that relationship. The perfect groom who has made his bride perfect. Because he looks at you and he says, I love you just how you are. And I give my life to you so that you have a new source of life. So that you're no longer stuck by your thoughts and your emotions. You're no longer stuck under condemnation and shame. You are actually walking in this life of Christ that has overcome the grave that he has freely given to you fully. Now, this whole talk has been based on what was written here. And what was written here was written to believers. If you're not a believer, then guilt and shame is what you feel, and that's accurate. Because guilt and shame is what comes with death. Because death is the result of sin. You were born in sin, therefore you were born apart from Christ. You are in Adam, as the Bible calls it. So when you want to think about who you are, before you're a believer, you're in Adam, which means you are dead. <laughs> and what we see throughout Scripture is that for all of time, humans have been trying to find life. You see it all around you now. And so Jesus says, I am the life. If he is the life, then there is no other life. And so if you're not in Christ, alive in him, you are dead apart from him. And so on the inside, on the innermost part of who you are, you are not alive. You can be running around, wearing yourself out, trying to find life in a lot of places, and it won't be found. In other words, you'll never find contentment. You'll never find that peace on the inside that we were looking at here. You'll never find that right standing before God where you can approach him with confidence like we find right here because on the inside he says, I don't know you because you don't know me. In other words, the only command that I've given you that you must obey is to believe in Christ. And you don't. And so you're dead on the inside. But the beautiful thing in all of this is just as Christ died and rose again, he invites you to be remade, to go from death into life to go from this life of trying and trying and always failing to a life of rest and peace that is only found in him. And the only reason why it's found in him is because in every breath and every moment we fix our eyes on him who is our life. So he says, I came to forgive you, and if you will ask for my forgiveness, I freely give it to you. And this forgiveness is complete. It's not contingent upon what you're going to do next. It's not contingent upon what you've done in your life. It, it has no qualifications here. It's if you believe... What happens when you believe is that other things take place. You confess. Jesus is Lord. You walk by faith. You actually have a new life, and so you begin all over. That's why Jesus says you must be born again, right? That's what it means to be a believer. You're reborn. You get a new name. You were born, and your parents gave you a name. You're reborn. Your heavenly Father is now your parent. He gives you a name, and it's his. And so I don't know where you are this morning, but maybe you're feeling like, man, I've got all this guilt and shame, and there's a reason why I have this guilt and shame. It's because on the inside I'm dead, because I don't know Jesus. Well, there are a lot of adults here that do, that not just know Jesus, but love Jesus, and they would love to talk to you 
and let, let you talk with them and say what you're feeling and thinking. Because the thing you were created for was Christ. For him to live in you and then to live through you. So that you not only have him in you, but you also experience him in your mind and your emotions. And then he also lives out through you, through your body. And that's what this life is about. But if you are a believer and you're wrestling with this condemnation, will you know that that's not a thought from God? Will you know that what you feel and think isn't the truest thing about you? Because what you feel and think is not the deepest part of you. The deepest part of you is your spirit who has been united with Christ. And you are one with him. You've been made clean, and now your name is his forever. And you can enjoy his embrace. And you can trust him to change how you feel, to change how you think. Not just right now, but in every moment. Not just in the big things, but in the little. You're his. And he's yours. So we can approach with confidence. We can see that we have rest. And we can experience it. Because we don't start looking anywhere else, but we just believe. We walk by faith, fixing our eyes on him. And then he reveals who he is in us, to us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for how good you are that you lead us out of condemnation and into this life with you. This redeemed life this remade life, that we are not the choices we've made, but we are who you've made us to be. And so I pray that we will see that, that your spirit will um, do its work in us, showing us who we are, whether alive in you or dead apart from you. And if, God, if dead apart from you, I pray that you awaken them this morning, that you open the, the eyes of their soul, that you, you show them who they are and draw them to you. And they respond. Father, I pray for those who are believers who have been wrestling with guilt and shame. I pray that they'll see the freedom you've given to them and the life you've given to them so that they can walk in in you. We thank you that you change us, that we are no longer all this other stuff, but it really just boils down to we're yours. And we thank you that you call us yours. In Jesus' name, amen.